Hello everyone and welcome back to Nintendo Everything Refresh, the weekly news show where we keep you up to date as to everything new and exciting in the world of Nintendo. I'm your host, uh, Nick Serpa, and we have also got Dennis Gagliardato. Hello, hello. And we've got Nicholas today. Hello, everyone. And uh, I, I apologize we did not have an episode last week. Um, I was I was off getting married, so, you know, just... Just this little thing, you know, but uh, but we're back. <laughs> okay, just a little thing. Nothing life-changing, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing major, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but we are back this week, and uh, we've we've got some stuff to talk about. Thank goodness. Uh, that way, you don't just have to hear us make dumb jokes all this hour long. Although we'll probably do that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're gonna start off by talking about the Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, that was a big big thing this week. Lots of conversation. Uh, we all have, we all have opinions about it, I'm sure. Um, we're also going to talk about a little bit about the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Uh, there was a new trailer that came out, like 15 minute long trailer, uh, basically a little mini mini presentation um, revealed a ton of new info about that game. So a lot to unpack there. Uh, we're going to talk about the next games coming to Switch Online. We're going to talk about uh, Persona a little bit towards the back of the show, and uh, some of the games that have been coming out. There's been quite a few games that came out just these past few weeks uh that we just want to touch base on real quick so pretty packed show uh but let's start with the the big news of the week the super mario brothers movie uh voiced by chris pratt <laughs> i think i just want to start with start with that because um man that was like the big question is uh what is mario going to sound like in this movie and uh now we know i guess dennis how would you describe yeah, <laughs> how would you describe mario's uh, new voice uh, yeah. I, I, I would describe it as as what we unfortunately expected, <laughs> you know, which was, um, y you know, I, look, um, let, let me, let, okay, let, let me just preface it by saying this. I actually really okay. like Chris Pratt. Okay. I, I, I think, sure. I think he's cool. I like his movies. I'm a big fan of Parks and Rec. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. And I don't think it would have been the same without him. No. In particular, playing Seems like a great guy. that show. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. However... <laughs> Historically speaking, um, you know, uh, he has done uh, uh, quite some voice work, actually, um, with with a few CG films, and um, you know, and and regardless of whether those movies have been good or not, um, you know, uh, his work on those films have always been um, very. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say one dimensional, but but you know, you you watch these movies and you go, yeah, that's Chris Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. you don't right. really like. You don't have to go searching. <laughs> you know, in case you're a little uncertain, like, yeah, well, that kind of sounds like him, but I'm not. I'm not too sure either way. That's an interesting voice for that character. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it is. It's it's Chris Pratt again. <laughs> you know, and uh, so it's it's unfortunate in that regard. But again, credit where credits due. Everyone else, however, in that cast that we've heard so far, anyways, we haven't heard every but um, is is fantastic. And, uh, you know, they're doing proper voice work. And yeah, I just wish Chris Pratt uh, would put a little more emphasis in it um, because towards the end of the trailer, you know, never mind the part where he first, you know, comes out of this portal or whatever. Um, you know, it happened so fast. I don't know if he just came out of a yeah, pipe or what. I don't know but he what just deal did. was with that. Yeah. Your typical amnesic know, but... RPG hero, you know, waking up, where am right. I? What's <laughs> right. <going on>? Right. <laughs> Why am I wearing of, this? We... 
<laughs> Which, speaking of, we need Super Mario RPG to come back. Huh. Uh, but, but, uh, but you know, he, I mean, he, he kind of, you know, he gets up after he's like, ah, and then he just looks around like, oh, what is this place, you know? And I was like, yeah, no, that's that's Chris Pratt. Um, but, uh, but the end part where you know Toad comes out and he's just like, you know, follow me, Mario. We're gonna go to the Mushroom Kingdom. And he goes, all right, Mushroom Kingdom, here we come. But he says it in the most unenthused. I don't know if he had just woken up. <laughs> When he like walked into the voice booth or what happened, but he's you know just so unenthusiastic, right? He's just mushroom kingdom, here we come, and I'm just like, dude, wow, are you that, not excited was, to be here? That was a great performance right there. I, I'm sure. Thank you. Thank you. I tried to be as spot on as I tried to be as spot on as possible. I'm sure yeah. the directors thought the same thing of Chris Pratt. Yeah. Oh no! All right, all right, Nicholas. What, yeah. what what did you think about this trailer, man? Like, what what was going through your head when you were um, watching it? Well, I mean, the first part we saw with the Bowser section uh, was, you know, incredibly impressive to me. Uh, obviously, I think we we kind of knew that Illumination would at least have the visuals down because, you know, they're pretty good at that part. Oh, at least. yeah. Their animation uh, is And like they up definitely, there. <laughs> yeah, they definitely got that down because, oh my god, everything looked incredible. Yeah, The look of the castle, everything with the ice section, the armies, the penguins... Everything with Bowser. Bowser looks so good. So good. Like, <laughs> there have been some people not super happy with Mario's design. They're like, kind of like, eh, he looks a little too realistic. But I think basically everyone has agreed that Bowser looks awesome. And uh, Jack Black has done an amazing job <laughs> from what we've heard. Yeah, I mean, we heard like four lines so, from him, but like he nailed every single one. Like, yeah, he, like sold, he just sold it. Yeah. Like, Bowser, like, he, you know, he's, he does, I mean, he talks. Like, like he, like, but he doesn't talk a lot usually, you know. Like he'll th- he'll you mostly just hear him going like ha 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 or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's that was a big surprise for me for sure. And yeah, I agree with you. There's the production yeah. values overall are just much better than I was expecting. Yeah, that was definitely the highlight. And then you know, once it shifted to the Mario section, I think like most people, it's like oh, that's definitely Chris Pratt who's playing Chris Pratt playing mario <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. eh, you know still nice to see toads and whatnot but i i'm not willing to give a 100 judgment on whether it's that's you know how yeah. good that part's gonna be it was a teaser so i think we still only heard like two lines from him so there's a chance that you know the performance is still a little bit more um how i put it just interest <laughs> original and, i guess yeah yeah a little bit more interesting than we might think at a first glance, but we'll have to see. I do like what they're kind of setting up just in terms of, I guess, lore and world building or just narrative, mm-hmm. where they have, they're going to a penguin kingdom. When's the last time we've seen penguins featured prominently in a Mario game, right? <laughs> you know? Like, they're digging into the Mario lore, like, which, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, look, I'm not expecting, like, this, like, complete, like, like, okay, the the Lego movie, for example, which I think also had Chris Pratt in it, right? Like, if you're a Lego Lego yes. fan, right, you, you pick up a lot of, like, little things in that movie. Like, little nods to, like, whatever, like, the history of Lego or, or certain sets or whatever. So I'm sure we'll get plenty of that in this movie as well. Um, just based on what they showed off, even with, like, the poster. Like, people were analyzing the poster and being like, look at this little <laughs> reference, look at this little thing. And so yeah, so it was super cool to me to see them referencing like characters that we don't see a lot of, like the like the penguins and all that. 
who are, I guess, could be like a decent chunk of this plot arc. <laughs> um, but yeah, like at the same time, I, I mean, it was a teaser, but I don't really have a sense for like where it's going to go. Like, it doesn't need to be this grand epic story to get people into theaters, right? Like, kids are going to want to go see it because it's Mario. Adults are going to want to go see it because it's Mario and they have nostalgia for it. Yeah. So it's going to do great even if it's not like this earth-shattering story. But I, I hope it does something interesting plot-wise. Like, like the tension that was like coming up in like that first scene when like Bowser was coming down. Like... The only time I really remember feeling like that way in a Mario game was like with the Mario Galaxy games, where Bowser's mm-hmm. pose is like this like pretty elusive, like very serious threat. Like, I, I'd say more so than in a lot of other games, and um, I could see them trying to like get close to that with this movie. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. What it was reminding me of was actually Paper Mario sixty four. It was hitting a lot of like of just similar vibes between. The power star that he seems to obtain at the castle kind of being the star rod equivalent or the penguins having their own culture kind of just feeling like something that we would see in a paper mario game or at least an older one where they tried to establish different towns and cities with different npcs based on different races Mm. even just how the koopas for instance all had unique designs in the army it wasn't just the same Koopa model copy pasted a hundred times. Right. It actually had little like special touches to the armor and stuff. It just felt really nice to see. So, um, so I guess I guess the question right now is like, based on what we've seen so far, is this something you guys are going to rush out to the theater to go see, or is this more of a uh, wait till it hits Netflix in six months kind of thing? No, no, this is definitely a, a go to the theaters and see it. I mean, you know, I, I, for me, here's the thing. I mean, I, I've grown up with Mario, as I'm sure many of, of you know, many people have, including you guys. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's in my DNA. This is something that I think it, from the little bit that we've seen so far, I think it looks absolutely incredible animation wise. And just the art direction is fantastic. So, um, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, this is something that I need to be there day one for. I don't think there's anything really Mario. There's very few things that are Mario related that I haven't been there day one for, including like spinoffs and stuff like that. Um, mm. Because you know, even yeah, so You're like a it's super fan. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll definitely be a a day one thing for me. Um, yeah, without a doubt. Very cool. What about you, Nicholas? Yeah, what I agree. Think? Yeah. I agree. I mean, unless we see something in a future trailer that just somehow completely turns me off from the premise of the movie, uh-huh. um, it's at the very least I'm willing to give it a definite chance because it it looked really good, <laughs> in my opinion. So, yeah, I think it looks good. I, I definitely want to see like a little bit more of it just so I I have a better sense for what I'm getting myself into. <laughs> Because I, 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 I mean, mm-hmm. with how much they were hyping up this trailer, I mean, they did a whole Nintendo Direct for this thing. We really didn't get to yeah. see that that much yeah. of it. Um, so right now I'm like, you know, I'm interested in it, but I don't see a lot of movies in theaters. Like, something's really got to wow me for me to to go do that. Yeah. Um, well, I'll definitely see we it at, get to at hear some Chris point. Pratt talk about, we did get to hear Chris Pratt talk about stomping Koopas. <laughs> <laughs> That that's, that's true. true. I mean, what you're selling it hard, Nicholas. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But like, let, let's just you know call a spade a spade. That interview segment before they showed the trailer was just very bizarre. 
Like, Jack Black just kind of, you know, acted normal and all, but the Chris Pratt segment was just very odd. Yeah. He looked like, he, he sounded like he was kind of being held up at gunpoint, and they're like, you better yeah, say like, this. You need go. to say this. <laughs> I've always yeah. wanted to play Mario. Yeah. <laughs> Don't shoot me. Yeah. Well, I, but you know, like, okay, as much as it's easy to, like, bag on him for sounding like Chris Pratt, like, someone brought up a good point. Is like, how do you do an Italian accent in a movie like this without it sounding either like totally just like insensitive and like artificial mm-hmm. or just like not good like I don't know could Chris Pratt do a really convincing Italian accent I'd be interested <laughs> to know but <laughs> I mean yeah maybe not the I really at its movie, core you know? they just should have gotten a, you know at its core they really should have just probably gotten a different actor if they were going to do a you know more recognizable original voice for mario but right yeah, yeah I, we'll see i do wonder I, I will why say that i don't know if... why didn't they just hire charles martinet i mean he is the voice of mario you know i'm sure yeah, and he's in the movie which kills me it's right. like if you're gonna put him in the movie regardless <laughs> why not you know have like, him be mario like he's always been well and i'm i'm pretty sure he's been in other movies too like i'm sure he has more voice talent beyond just yelling out wahoo uh, in an Italian. Yeah. You know? I, I don't know I don't know about movies, but I do know that at least he played um Parthenax in Skyrim, which has a very different voice from Mario, considering that it's a giant ancient dragon. So <laughs> yeah. he has range. Okay, but... sure. He was recently he was recently in the new Dragon Ball Super movie, actually, Superhero. Oh. Um he was in that. Neat. He was one of the characters in that one. I'm trying to remember which one. Um I think his name was like Alpha or something. But yeah, he was he was there and pretty pretty predominant like pretty prominent too so like so yeah i mean he's actually got a surprising amount of range um but but yeah i don't know if you guys have did you guys see trailers from other regions and stuff like dubs from other regions Uh, like i did see the french one yeah the french one and the the uh the portuguese one um and then there's another one i'm trying to remember what the third one is but mario sounds great in all of them like the dubs like i'm just like oh yeah okay no that's i mean yeah Mm -hmm. no that sounds pretty legit but then you know you know the official sort of English one is like, yeah, that's that's Chris Pratt. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's an interesting that's an interesting way to. I never thought about that, but yeah, it must be an immense amount of work to translate any movie into all these languages, let alone something like the Mario movie, which I'm sure they're going to want to distribute in every corner of the planet. You know. Yeah, but I, I just think it's interesting because there's theories, right? Of like, okay, well maybe Mario, you know, he gets sort of transported from the real world and that's why he looks a little more realistic into the mushroom kingdom right um and that's why he has the voice that he has um but even so how does that i don't know i just feel like there still would have been some sort of direction in terms of how to do a similar voice to what chris pratt was trying to do which was just chris pratt um with other regions you know but instead they more or less nailed the mario voice you know um so so what was going on here with the american version yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's also this thing. I, we should move on, but it, it just, you know, when they were announcing like the casting and stuff, and we, I wasn't sure about Chris Pratt. Like, well, you mentioned this, Dennis. You were like, you know, it's Chris Pratt. He sounds like Chris Pratt. And I feel like this is the case with like so many movies nowadays. Like, when I see a movie with Dwayne, Dwayne The Rock Johnson in it, I know I'm not going to be able to like the, the new uh, Black Adam movie coming out. I would love to watch a Black yeah. Adam movie, but instead I feel like I'm going to be watching a Dwayne The Rock Johnson movie. You, you get what I'm saying? 
So I'm just, I do. I do, actually. Like, like, he, Dwayne The Rock Johnson plays Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and Chris Pratt plays yeah. Chris Pratt most of the time. So I'm just, I'm really yeah. hoping that when the movie comes out and we all watch it, we're able to not forget that it's Chris Pratt, you know, and just hear right. Mario. Yeah. Like, I think that's what, you know, the yeah. directors and writers would want, too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's absolutely. I mean, no, you, you mean you've hit the nail on the head. That's, I mean, I'm, I'm in the same boat of like The Rock, where it's just like I, I, you know, again, full disclosure, I love The Rock. He's one of my favorite people on earth. Um, but you know, he's also someone that like I grew up with. Like I, I watched him on TV through wrestling and all that stuff. So like every time I see him in a movie, I'm like, I see The Rock. I don't see what right. character he's playing. So same, same thing as you, right? I'm so stoked for Black Adam, but yeah, I just see The Rock in cosplay. <laughs> basically you know Pretty that's much. that's what i see yeah uh but but yeah yeah all right well i will try hey, and hold luigi seems cool for yeah we didn't get to hear him speak though did we no i we got like one yelp right <laughs> it was a good yelp <laughs> oh yeah the other thing that I, may, may keep me from seeing this movie like the day it comes out or whatever is i showed the trailer to my wife and she was not impressed <laughs> she was, oh, I was really? like, you have any interest in this and she's like no not at all you'll probably see it by yourself and i'm like all right well <laughs> at least at least i know what i'm getting myself into here <laughs> thumbs the brakes yeah yep, yep. all right uh let's move on so that, that was kind of the big thing this week uh but i'd say the second big thing was we got a lot of news about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. We got like a 15-minute or so like presentation on this game. Basically a little mini Pokemon Direct. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Pokemon Presents, excuse me. Um, yeah, so that, that alone was really surprising. I mean, I feel like we've seen so much of this game at this point, um, and yet it's still like hard for me to process. <laughs> it's like right around the corner. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so uh, I just want to call out this particular thing from the trailer. Uh, you can take your Pokemon on picnics. I mean, if that's not enough for you at this point, I mean, can you really call yourself a Pokemon fan? <laughs> you can make sandwiches. Yeah, the, uh... You can feed them to your Pokemon. Like, that's wonderful. Yeah, real physics-based sandwich making. That's the evolution <laughs> of the franchise. Yeah, it's like, it's the, uh... like Cooking Mom a Pokemon version. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that um I, I thought was really interesting that um i think i i like what scarlet and violet is doing this time around in terms of like the the hangouts because it reminds me more of um i think they call it pokemon ami in um uh, pokemon x and y um not so yeah. much what they did in sword and shield which was just kind of like more of like oh let's just take a quick breather in this tent or whatever this little in little campfire around this campfire and let me just throw this little i don't know go, go fetch <laughs> you know like that <laughs> i thought that was the most boring thing yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i i did not have any fun with that at all i did that maybe three times throughout my my gameplay um of, of playing that but this looks like something i would spend a lot more time with for sure especially with like it seems like they increased the production quality like tenfold with this thing too man like it just seems like there's a lot more interaction there's a lot more expression in the pokemon versus them just being like you know this dead face one emotion sort of thing that everyone sort of shares and uh but man those those selfies though are like incredible <laughs> i'm so excited for that yeah no idea it's it, it's it's a simple thing that's a small thing it's those, those are, little those are the ones things that are... yeah it's those little things they add into the pokemon games that just yeah. add in a lot of the charm and quirkiness and um... exactly 
you know, the, like I don't think I remember the DS ones. Like some of them were basically like you have like a full like Tamagotchi game with your Pokemon with you. <laughs> like, it's yeah. like awesome yeah. little stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but yeah, we got to look at a lot more um, than just that. We got much more of a look at the world. Um, a lot of stuff that we knew about, but just kind of like a deeper look, I would say. We learned a bit more about the uh, terastalize mechanic. God, I don't like that word. Terastalize. <laughs> I don't um, like that either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, apparently, like any any Pokemon can be like any terratype. So you can, I, like, we knew that you could change Pokemon's types, but they basically confirmed that you can change it completely to a different type, which is mm-hmm. um, just opens up an insane amount That's of potential neat. yeah um although the way they showed it off in the trailer it was like so much just like a pokemon was just like sitting like completely motionless in the field and you just walk up to it <laughs> did, you, did you catch that nicholas <laughs> yeah 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 i the the pokemon encounters didn't seem particularly impressive in the way it showed it off because it was almost always just a single pokemon standing in the field in front of you that you just kind of walk into <laughs> Yeah. It, it literally looked just like, you know, those things that have always made me laugh. Just like, you know, meet me at 3 p.m. after lunch on the playground, dude, and then we're going to fight. <laughs> you know, like like one of those middle school, like elementary school fights or whatever, you know, where you have to like schedule it. And they're just sitting there just waiting. Never with like refuses a... to impress me, Dennis. <laughs> Like, like just whatever my... meme that I haven't thought about in like five years. I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> But that's what it reminded me of, you know, that or, like, Greece. They're going to have a dance-off or something. Everybody's just standing there just waiting. <laughs> yeah. After school by the bleachers. <laughs> you know, like, you want, you ready to do this, man? Fight me, bro. <laughs> All glowing and everything. Yeah. Ready to yeah. terrestrialize, dude? Let's do this. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, but, yeah, so we, got, we saw a little bit more about that. Um, honestly, this is all, like, a blur to me. I just... I'm just glad we got to see a lot more of it. Like, the more I see of this game, the more I'm impressed by the world it's building and just kind of the vibe they're going for with, like, the school setting and everything. Um, it just feels like it has a lot of potential. This this might be the first Pokemon game I play since... I think the last one I played was uh, Pokemon Black and White. <laughs> so I, I've been Jesus. out of the loop for a little while. Really? Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> um, but, that you know, I picked up that game back when I was, like, too young to, like, really understand what I was doing. So I never really had like a deep attachment to the Pokemon games in a way that a lot of people do, um, but um, oh no, that's you know what? Now that I think about it, I did play a little bit of Pokemon X and Y, but those ones didn't really grab me in a big way. Um, but yeah, I, like the more I see of this game's world and all these new ideas they're bringing in, um, it all just looks great. Um, and there's a giraffe Pokemon, so I mean, hey, you know, can't be that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, what is it? Um, giraffe Rig got think. turned into, yeah, <laughs> Rigoraf, yeah, for Rigoraf, whatever it was called. Uh, roll. But uh, yeah, well, what a weird, what a weird name. Like, they they literally just took Giraffe Rig and was just like, right, let's turn these letters around a little bit. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. That was the challenge. We're, we're still going to use these letters, these exact letters. We're just going to move them around a bit. I mean, hey, though, like, you know, it can't be an easy job having, like, hundreds of Pokemon that you have to come up with unique names for. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, Nicholas, what, what about, what do you think about all this? I mean, we have seen a lot of this game, but was there anything that really just, like, shocked and wowed you? Um, 
not especially. I mean, I was really surprised to see that it was a 14-minute trailer because I think that was just very unexpected in general. Uh, it was nice seeing more actual gameplay of the game. Personally, I, I don't know. I guess I would have liked to see more new things because I, I do think a lot of what they showed off was stuff that we were already aware of. Some of the new stuff they showed off, like the picnics um, with the TM machine, was neat, but I just... A lot of it was stuff that I was already aware of, so it didn't feel as uh, new, I guess, as some of the previous trailers. Um, I don't know. Fundamentally, I'm still kind of in that hesitant zone. I still just haven't seen anything in the, that grabs me personally, but it's, I mean, it looks fine. It looks good. The picnic mechanic seems neat. Uh, a lot of the new Pokemon are cool. I like Girafferig's new evolution. You know, I'm sure it'll be a good Pokemon game. Yeah. Hopefully it'll deliver on the open world well. I'm just still not personally convinced. That's all. Okay, well, fair enough. Um, well, this might be more up your alley than Nicholas. Uh, there is a uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet themed Splatfest <laughs> coming up. Huh? Huh? Yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean that's just kind of cool. I, I have they ever done that before, where they do like this weird um, yes, like cross promotion. Well, like they actually had they've actually had quite a few Splatfests crossing over. Um, not all the time, but they do do them occasionally. There was a a Pokemon Red versus Pokemon Blue Splatfest back in uh, Splatoon One. Um, in Splatoon Two, there was one with Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Which was just which was the best Ninja Turtle, which was kind of fun. I think there was also a Transformers themed one in the first game. Huh? Wait, Transformers? Are you kidding me? That's weird. Yes, like <laughs> Autobots versus Decepticons. Oh my I god! Think I that, actually, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, they they have some some what interesting be just cro- random crossover ones. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, this time it's uh, choosing your uh, your favorite starter Pokemon. Um, which the names I do not remember right now, uh, but there's the uh, there's the cute one, there's the other cute one, and then there's the final cute one. <laughs> so pick one of your favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. yeah. It's. I think um, it's cool to see the Splatfest being announced. I think a lot of people, kind of me included, are a little bit disappointed at this just because. Splatoon generally always has um, a Halloween-themed Splatfest that is, you know, pretty fun. They usually call it Splatoween. It's usually, like, nice and themed, and, like, the the plaza ends up changing to match all the Halloween setting and stuff. Oh, yeah. So the fact that they're apparently skipping that because they talked about this one being the next one uh, is a bit of a shame. I'm a little sad that we're not apparently getting a Splatoween Splatfest. Um, they're having theories that we might be getting something else, like, um, there was that big run mode that they talked about in the Splatoon 3 Direct, where it's just, like, Salmon is invading regular stage maps. Maybe we'll get something like that, but, I don't I, know. I see I'm happy we, we're getting still. a Splatfest for this. Yeah. I just wish we had, like, say, vampires versus wa- werewolves versus zombies or something silly like that. That'd be fun, but... That'd be really cool. it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So yeah, so that so yeah, surprise Pokemon news, um, and that game is right around the corner. I mean, we still got a couple, couple big games coming out before then, um, 
it's a busy time for game releases in general, and especially if you're an RPG <laughs> yeah. fan. As we discussed in our previous episode, lots of RPGs. Um, but yeah, I'm sure yeah, a lot of Square people Enix are going to... is on some sort of... They're on some sort of crack right now. I don't know like, what my God. is going on over there. <laughs> yeah, they, they, you want to talk about crunch, man. Like, I feel bad. Like, I'm just like, guys, look, I appreciate it. Believe me, I love RPGs. I love everything you guys have been releasing pretty much all year. And then not to mention the stuff that's going to be coming out, like Octopath Traveler 2 and then Harvestella, you know, to, and, you know, to name a few. Like, forget it. I'm stoked. But, like, please, just somebody go on vacation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you deserve like, it at this point, you know? Like, give us all the RPGs, sure. But also, like, please yeah. take your time. Like, I don't need all my RPGs. Yeah. I don't need two RPGs within a week of each other. Like, that's... <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, it's going to perform below expectations anyway, so just take it easy on yourself. <laughs> right, you and then know? they're going to sell off the studio and turn it into a crypto blockchain yeah. NFT thing. And then... Right. <laughs> The circle right, of yeah. life for game developers nowadays. The circle of life. Yeah. Oh Octopath God. sold two million. Unacceptable. <laughs> Unacceptable. Yeah. Unacceptable. Uh, the next Octopath must be game. Like Ubisoft I'm, now. I'm sorry to tell you, Nicholas, it's just going to be um, collecting NFT versions of the characters and trading. Oh no! Stop. <laughs> sorry, I hate to be the bear bad news. Poor heart can't take it. Um. All right. Well. Uh, on top of all that news, we also got some news about uh, some classic games. Uh, this one uh, was announced for Switch Online back when they gave us our, our next round of uh, expansion pass titles. And that game is Pilot Wings 64, hitting the Switch uh, next week, actually. Right around the corner. Or this week, actually, by the time you're listening to this. Um, which I'm really excited to see. I've never played Pilot Wings 64, um, but I've always been curious about it. It's, it's just one of those weird quirky oddball nintendo series um that we just haven't gotten a new game in in a long time and um i'm really excited to try it actually it, i actually think it'll hold up pretty well um i hope i'm not proven wrong by that in about a week but <laughs> <laughs> like it's just it's just a cool idea you know like it's just you're just flying on an island you know and just doing these little flight based challenges you can have a freaking like jetpack rocket belt thing i mean like what's what's not to love um, yeah, I, I never played the original. I played a little bit of um, the Pilot Wings 3D on 3DS, you know, when the 3DS came out. Um, but uh, I don't know how similar that was because I have no history with Pilot Wings, so I wasn't sure if right. that was a remake or if that was just a sort of a, you know, like a well, 3D I just mean, version of it. Or all, all they really did, I mean, I didn't pick that one up at the time because all they did was they took the Wii Sports Island and just plopped it into. Uh, the 3DS and slapped pile wings on the box, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I just needed something to show off. But I'll tell you what, man. You want to talk about impressive tech demos. I know this is slightly off topic, but, you know, I, I didn't get a 3DS until maybe like a year or so after it came out. Maybe maybe two years after it came out. Because um, I was waiting for Pokemon X and Y. I got mine uh, a month before Pokemon X and Y came out. And, uh... Man, every time I would walk into a Best Buy, like I would, even though it like gave me a headache, I would put that 3D on full blast because it blew my mind at the time, <laughs> and it still blows my mind that like glasses-free 3D, you know, and uh, you know how some of those games really utilized it was fantastic. I mean, really, I think that was, in terms of like Nintendo innovation, I think that was them at their peak, quite frankly. Uh, yeah, it was 3DS was something else. Yeah, yeah, 3DS still manages to blow me away. Like every time I pick it up, like I. The, yeah. the 3D screen thing, I know a lot of people thought it was gimmicky, but it always impresses me pretty much without fail, and yeah. I think it always will. Um, but yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'm pretty uh, pretty happy that we're getting Pilot Wing 64 on the Switch, and uh, 
I think I actually might sink a sink a little bit of time and do it. Um, <laughs> you gonna go see... esports with it, Nick? Well, yeah, <laughs> Nick, gonna go the pilot wings esports. <laughs> not that hardcore about it, but um. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, did you guys watch the trailer for it though? I did not. I oh uh, no okay do yourselves a favor this is something special it is it is special um i can only describe it as so there's like a there's like a guy he's like <laughs> picture listen picture this in your head maybe late one night you imagine shooting missiles from a gyrocopter at a giant robot that's oddly specific hey we've all been there Like, who is this narrator? Are you listening to it now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. Okay. It's a. Uh, it's like smooth, like almost sensual jazz playing in the background, and then so much talking like this. Pick up Fuck your jetpack and fly away. Yeah. I think this should have careless whisper in the background. <laughs> it might as well be. Oh. Dennis, do yourself a favor and watch this trailer later because it will sell you on okay. Pilot Wings 64 harder than anyone has ever sold you something in your life. I'll do it. Honestly, <laughs> like sometimes a good trailer will do that, especially if I'm not certain because, you know, we'll speak on, on 3DS. You know what did that for me was actually Tomodachi Life. Tomodachi Life, I, I wasn't like sold on until like there was just one ridiculous over the top trailer of like Bill Trennan and he's like giving a presentation in his me form or whatever and then it was <laughs> Reggie giving it. It was absurd. It was one of the most absurd trailers or directs, whatever it was, I can't remember, but it was it was so over the top and I was like, you know what, just because of how stupid this was, you've sold me. Congrats. Yeah. But yeah, I, I will say I do wish they were kind of bringing out these N64 games a little faster. Like, they kind of are positioning each one as, like, this big release when, like, really they're not to most people, you know? I kind yeah, of wish like, we were getting yeah. a more regular cadence, but... Yeah, this yeah. is, like, this is a this is a ROM away, please. <laughs> like, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> like, Well, they, they must be doing... I know we've talked about this in the past, but they have to be doing something. Like, there has to be a reason why these games are taking so long. I don't know what that reason is. You know, I'm sure they're not just, like, taking the, the e like, easiest approach. I would like to think that, but... You know, um, I, I, I wonder if they're treating Nintendo Switch Online almost as, like, its own... At, at least, like, the services, like the Super Nintendo and the NES and now the N64 and whatnot. If they're treating them like their own games, right? Like a live service game rather than something that's a perk for being an NSO member. So... Since they're doing that, I wonder if they're just doing it little by little in, because of while they're doing their big releases like Kirby and the Forgotten Land and, you know, now Bayonetta 3 and then Pokemon soon and, and whatnot, you know, when there's just enough downtime between those big releases that are actual Switch games, they're like, okay, now let's release something to NSO really quick for people who are, you know, playing those. I, I wonder, I don't know if that makes sense, but... Yeah, no, I think kind of, it does. Um I will say, you know, they, mm -hmm. they finally got me to subscribe to the expansion packet. I wasn't sure if it was going to happen, but um, it kind of happened actually because What's I... You well, it actually happened because, so um, a couple weeks ago I played through Splatoon 1, um, and I was like, oh, I'm like, was like wanting more of it, so I was like, all right, well, I want to see where the story goes. I'll pick up Splatoon 2 and, you know, enjoy some good platforming. And it was been doing a little traveling, so I was like, I'll, I'll check it out. And then um, the... Uh, 
the Octo expansion was on there. And I was thinking about buying it. I was like, well, I might as well just do Switch Online and, you know, play a few classic games over the year as well. And um, <laughs> we'll see if I actually do that. I'll report back in a year and we'll see if I see if I You definitely should. <laughs> Octo I, expansion is excellent. I think I will. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, there's there's just a lot of... I didn't really ever have an N64, and there's a lot of great games on there that I missed, and so now I have a really convenient way to play them. So um, I'm hoping to dig into a few of them at some point. Maybe I'll start with Pilot Wing yeah. 64. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like what's I think I'm still I have no desire to get into it right now. But I'm telling you though, the moment they add like Game Boy Advance or Game Boy Color, whatever, any sort of Game mm-hmm. Boy, yeah, oh, okay, I'm in. That's, really? That's all it takes. Give me yeah. Golden Sun, give me Minish yep. Cap. Like, yep, all that. I know there are some great Game Boy games, but I've always the, the N64 on a handheld just always seemed like more impressive to me, you know? Maybe it's not really. <laughs> I mean it's all old tech, so I guess it doesn't really matter, but um Sure. I don't know. I mean give us GameCube games and then maybe then yeah. we're talking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. If only there was a way to play Super Mario Sunshine on my Switch. Oh, wait, there was, and then they got rid of it. <laughs> there, yeah, it was, past tense, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that was, like, a good test case, because, like, we all know the Switch can handle GameCube games now. Like, some level of native yeah. emulation or porting or whatever they were doing there. So, I'm not sure if you yeah. port them, they can handle it, but, like, the actual emulation. Yeah. I mean, you... I, I don't know how it would work with uh, Nintendo Switch Online, since that's, you know... You can't fit, like, a dozen GameCube games on there quite as easily as you could a dozen SNES games just because of file size, but... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I think the solution is you just... You give us, like, a GameCube app, but you just make people download the games from within the within the app, you know? I think they could just do it yeah. that way. Like the ones that they want. I know, it's, yeah. it's yeah. perfectly feasible to just take, like, an extra step compared to what we have right. now. Right. Um, but Nintendo, I'm sure, would always, like, find the hardest solution, like, you know... We're not going to just yeah, do no, an app yeah. for the GameCube one. Uh, we're actually going to mail you like a GameCube. You, like you have to yeah. stream the GameCube games through the cloud. There's no other way. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. There's no other way. No, no, but first, don't before say you that. do that. Oh, oh. <laughs> but we need to get what we call GameCube tickets first. And in order to do that, you have to win three games of Tetris 99. <laughs> and then you can get a GameCube ticket to download one of the GameCube games. So this, if you say this, it might just happen. Like, we're joking about it, but... Uh, but you know what's crazy is as ridiculous as all of that sounds i'm sure it'll be even more ridiculous (laughs) whatever we've thought of they've probably already thought of and gone no we can do better (laughs) and by better i mean worse (laughs) Uh, okay all right i'm gonna talk about this anymore before it makes me sad um let's talk about something that that i'm actually very excited for uh so we've known for a little while that we're getting uh persona 3 well we're getting a couple persona games persona 5 royal is right around the corner uh, and we also knew that we were going to be getting uh, Persona 3 Portable and Persona 4 Golden coming to Switch, but we didn't know when. Well, now we know that they are coming in January 2023, uh, so not too long of a wait. Um, and man, I am so happy that these games are finally coming. Um, Persona 3 in particular, because uh, that game is just, I mean, you can play it if you have a Vita, same with Persona 4, but... Persona 3, we we don't have it like running at like a modern resolution in like any capacity, um, right? So I'm really excited to. <laughs> well, have I, that one. I wonder is is Persona 4 Golden um, this sort of is this strictly for console ports? Like the one that's already on PC, 
Is that one not being touched? Is it just that one that's coming over to consoles? Um, because that's I have for some going on a PC and I have it on Vita too. Okay. Yeah, I think okay, it's, that's what I, I think it's about. the exact same game. I think they're just bringing it over. They haven't mentioned any kind of extra gotcha. content or features. Um, but Persona 3 Portable, I mean, we've only ever really seen that game running on very low-resolution handheld screens. and to, So to be able to plug that one in uh, on a TV and um, on the gorgeous like Switch OLED, oh, I'm so excited for that. I might actually mm-hmm. rebuy that one. Yeah. <laughs> I am really curious why it is that it's taking an extra uh, three months, roughly, for Persona 4 and Persona 3 as opposed to 5. I'm just curious what it is about that that, like, hey... We, we want to wait a bit before releasing those. <laughs> I mean, I think it's honestly just breathing room. I mean, Persona 5 is a massive game, and so someone if someone is picking it up, like, the day it comes out, there's a very good chance you may not be done with it until January, depending on how yeah. long well, yeah. you play these games. <laughs> not to mention, not to mention, I think, the popularity of Persona 5, because I, I don't know what it was about Persona 5 in particular that made it just all of a sudden blow up. Yes, it was a great game, but I mean... Shimigami Tensei and by default Persona have been around for quite some time, you know, and mm-hmm. but, so I don't know what it was about Persona 5 because Persona 5 in the grand scheme of things didn't really do anything vastly different from its predecessors. I mean, it's it's it was Persona. I mean, yeah, it, it, yeah. You know, it still had a great story, had a great cast, had incredible uh, uh, gameplay and the music was phenomenal, obviously. Um, but I mean, that's that's par for the course for Shimigami Tensei and Persona in general. So, but I, so I, yeah, I don't know. It, Persona Five just came out at a good time where, you know, people. This was the JRPG that people were looking for. You know, um, so. But I think they're like they want to release Persona Five first because they know that that's the biggest one that's probably going to get the most attention out of all of them, anyways. So get that mm-hmm. out of the way. Get give people their fix, and then and then hook people with the other two later on. Exactly. I, yeah. Probably exactly. Yeah. that makes sense. I think so. Um, yeah, and also just, you know, give people some time to, like, really enjoy these games separately, you know? Um, right. But, but yeah, um, I, um, at least, like, to your point, though, Dennis, about, like, Persona 5, I think the thing that really, like, struck me about that game when it came out was um, we, we really, like, it was the first time for me that I had seen a game that, like, took, like, the setting of Tokyo and just did something really unique and creative with it. And um, yeah. it was it's just immediately striking. Like, when I saw the game, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. I, I have to play this, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, and everybody should. It's a fantastic game, but it, it's just interesting to me that, you know, that that's what happened with Persona 5 in particular. It's kind of like what happened with Adelir Ryza, too, right? Adelir Ryza, if I'm not mistaken, was the first Adelir game to yeah. ship over a million, a million units. Right. And well, the, the answer there is simple. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously the characters appealing. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's the five. I mean, come on. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Eyes don't lie. Yeah. Right. But I mean, like, but Adelir, again, has been around for forever. And in the grand scheme mm-hmm. of things, if you play Adelir Ryza, having played so many other Adelir games, yeah, it's Adelir that's not doing anything vastly different. I mean, other than, I think the combat goes into more of a real-time combat system rather than mm-hmm. traditional turn-based. But other than that, it's it's an Adelir game, like, yeah. front and center. You well, know, maybe it's just the marketing? I think awesome. like in that in that specific example, about... in that specific example, I think it like <clears throat> I hate to say this, Dennis. I don't mean to bag on the series that you love so much, but like I think that was kind of the moment where these games it started to seem like they were reaching parity with a lot of other RPGs in terms of like their presentation and their scope, you know. 
um, being like these like really like big like impressive Atelier games, you know. I think that might have played yeah. a big role in it. Not to say that the other games like weren't good or anything. Like they all had their merits and um Yeah. But I think I think what they were doing with Ryza with like the scope of it and the style and the art was like maybe a little bit more like appealing to a broader audience, I suppose. I think that's why sure. they did so well. Yeah. But yeah, no, um anyways, back to Persona, which is what we're supposed <laughs> to be talking about. Um <laughs> Yeah, I will say this. I, the one thing I am a little bit bummed about that would maybe have me even more excited about is it'd be really nice if we were getting physical release of uh, Persona Three and Four. Yeah. Right now we're only getting one for Persona Five, and like I get it, like these are old games that maybe don't market as well. But gosh, it'd be so nice to have a physical copy of Persona Three on my I, shelf. I can see them doing a double pack in the future. You know, um, kind of like what Spike Chunsoft's been doing with like you know the, all the science adventure games. Like they just released Chaos Head Noah and Chaos Child together in one cartridge. You know, so I I can see because if you want Persona Three Portable, let's just say for through the perspective of the Vita, Persona Three Portable and Persona Four Golden, both of those right now um, their permanent prices MSRP is nineteen ninety nine, right? So, I mean, you do a double pack with these remastered versions um, on Switch and other consoles for, you know, for 40, even 50 bucks. Um, you know, I think that would sell, and I think that'd be a fair price. to. But only if both was on one cartridge. Cost yeah. kind of like, also like what they did with uh, the um, uh, Digimon Cyber Sleuth. They did that yeah. with uh, Bandai Namco, you know, did that with mm-hmm. those games as well. So, I think but it those, would work as a double, double pack. Those double packs um, aren't super yeah. common, I will say. Like, we get them sometimes, but not as much as we should. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah, I'm surprised that Japan isn't getting a physical release for those. I feel like this is something the kind of thing that would be right up their alley in that regard. Yeah, you yeah, would expect really? something to show up on, like, PlayAsia by now, <laughs> you know, for, like, a physical <laughs> release. Um, kind of like how they did. They even had a triple pack for those Dragon Quest games, the 1, 2, and 3, you know, the yeah. the ports. So, like, it, and same thing with Final Fantasy, um, you know, 7, 8, and 9. 7 and 8, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Or it's just well, 7 and 8, yeah. Atlas has always been a little bit weird about just, like, where they release their games and when and how they release them, like they don't, they make interesting business decisions. I'll say it that way. Like I just, I really don't understand I mean, why it's taken so long years? for these games to come here. Well, it's even more you know, interesting because they have Sega money now. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, what are you worried about? But still looking forward to it, nonetheless. Um, and in the meantime, there's a there's another game to look forward to that I know Dennis in particular. I'm also very excited for it, but Dennis, I know you're very excited uh, for Master <laughs> Detectives Archives. Uh, Raincoat, right. which is the, I guess, probably best described as like a 3D mystery adventure game um, from the team behind Danganronpa. Um, it, lo- it could use a snappier name. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, I think I mentioned this before. The, the initial name was Enigma Archives Raincoat. So, so much better than Master Detective yeah. Archives. Yeah, I think Master I, I think, Detective, some... I think... You know what I think of when I hear Master Detective Archives? I think of one of those, like... <laughs> point-and-click, like, f- hidden object games that you have, like, hundreds of on Steam. Master Detective. Yeah. <laughs> um, but well, I, I honestly think uh, there, there's just certain words that I don't like seeing in games anymore that I think everyone should stay away from. Stay away from the word legends, champions, masters is another one I don't like that word. It's so abused at this point, you know, um, kind of like how subscription services, everything's either, you know, plus or max, and things like that, yeah. you know, it's like, stay away from those words, I'm so sick of it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I much rather, would have much preferred Enigma Archives, for sure. Or Enigma Detective. What, what did you say it was? Enigma what? 
originally it was uh, Enigma. Originally it was um, Enigma Archives brain code. Enigma or Archives, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. That sounds so much better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Instead of Masters, I mean, like here goes another. Get it together, or... Spike Chunsoft. Come yeah. on. I, but, at least uh, the one nice thing about the title is that implies we'll get more games in this style, and uh, considering that what we've seen of Rain Code looks pretty darn good, yeah, that's <laughs> an interesting prospect. Yeah. Um, well, at the very least, we have a, a lot of uh, new information about the game. Uh, we learned a little bit more about the setting, um, some of the characters, some of the gameplay mechanics. Um, so... Uh, as far as the setting, um, it takes place in a city where it constantly rains, hence the name Rain Code. And, uh, you know, Subtle. you gotta, Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, really? <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, just say that there's a... The, the city houses an evil mega corporation that is, the city is under control of, and so I'm sure this prepare yourselves for a lot of uh, anime-tinged drama. I'm very, very positive <laughs> on that. <laughs> Um, but I do like the kind of like science fiction tinge that all this has to it. Um, and mm-hmm. as, as far as what we learned about, uh, the gameplay, um, so you can actually, so the, the entirety of the world is rendered, it's like all 3D and you can like explore it freely. Um, so it's not like, not like as much of a point and click as many of their other games kind of are. It's like, yeah. that's what's really exciting to me is we're getting this kind of gameplay concept from the team behind Danganronpa, but like you know, like a full modern iteration of it, you know. Yeah, uh, it's like it's mm-hmm. like there was like you know, I think they saw the popularity. I, it's a weird thing to compare to because they are very different games. But I think they saw the potential and the popularity of Judgment, you know, from Ryuga <laughs> Kotoku Studios, you know, and they're like, let's do that, but like Dangan in a Danganronpa style, you know, um, and I, I mean. I, I, again, it's a weird comparison, but I mean that's that's kind of what I see when I look at Raincoat, and yeah. um, and I'm and but as far as I'm concerned, I'm I'm loving every single second of it. <laughs> so yeah. I, everything that comes out, I'm like yes, yes, absolutely yes. Yeah, well, and you can see a lot of like the gameplay similarities between a lot of these games. Like you're investigating crime scenes, you're interviewing people, you're looking for clues and stuff, and then um, I guess this is actually closer to like AI the Somnium Files. But um, there's, mm-hmm. it says, one of the things they talk about in this, um, these new details they release are like, oh, you go through the mystery labyrinth, which is like this whole other realm, and you have to solve puzzles in there. I'm like, that sounds really similar to AR the Somnium Files, which I, I'm there for, you know. I'd be interested to see their take on it. Um, but, yeah. I guess it's also similar to Persona. They, they really love this whole, like, alternate, <laughs> go travel to this alternate realm kind of thing to do the gameplay. <laughs> Man, I can't believe they stole the Tokyo setting from Persona. Oh, right. <laughs> Damn. God. <laughs> yeah, it's such an original just... setting, too. No games have ever been They stole Shibuya. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> but yeah. Now I'm um, hearing rumblings about, a, about an Osaka. God. <laughs> is, where's, where's the originality, please? Dennis, have you uh, have you checked out any of these new uh, screenshots for this game? Or where where's your hype level? I've seen a few, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's pretty much where it was when it was announced during the direct, um, or apparently re-announced. I, <laughs> I know we talked about it last time on, on uh, you know, a, a couple episodes ago. But like, you know, it wasn't the first time Raincoat got announced, but it was the first time we'd seen something from it, right, anyways. Right. Um, but you yeah, know, my hype level is still at the exact same level, man. It's it's um, again, I I need this yesterday. <laughs> you know, I 
I need it now, man. I'm a big Danganronpa fan, and uh, honestly, just a Spike Chunsoft fan in general. Anything they publish, dude, like, I'm just, they're one of those um, companies where it's just like, if I see their, na their name attached, I don't care what it is, even if it's not, like, for me. Uh, yeah, I gotta get it. I gotta have it. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, I wow. lost my jumps off, so... That's yeah. Brand loyalty right there. Um, oh, yeah. Give me more Mystery Dungeon, Spike jumps off, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening to Spike jumps off, keep Nicholas happy over here, alright? Please. Um, <laughs> so Nicholas, I want. Nicholas, I feel like this, this game could be up your alley a little bit, too. Oh, yeah. No, it absolutely is. I'm super excited for it, too. Um, I, I've only played the first Danganronpa. I, I would like to play the second and third. I'll have to get around to that before this releases. Uh, but I love the first Danganronpa. It was super good. So I'm just super excited for this because, I mean, between the first Danganronpa and this, there's like a chasm of evolution <laughs> yeah. in, the con in like just the gameplay concept. Oh, so yeah. I am super excited to see how this develops. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um... But yeah, so th those are some of the games that are coming out in the in the future. Um, but this is also just a very busy time for game releases in general, as I think we are all all feeling that right now. So one of the games that uh, is out now, uh, I suppose in a sense, uh, Overwatch Two. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it finally came out, out today. I mean, it technically, yeah, technically, um, yeah. <laughs> it was supposed to come out on the fourth, but eh, I mean. Yeah, that kind of varies from person to person. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, as far as I know, I think it's officially out as of today or yesterday because I got an email saying, um, last night actually saying Overwatch 2 is out. I did not get that email on the 4th, let me tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, so, yeah. Yeah, for those of you who are in the loop, the game has been really hard to get into because um, apparently there was a big DDoS attack, which basically means they're evil hackers out in the world are making the game very hard to play by like basically breaking the game servers. so yeah um, so probably not like the fault of Blizzard I'm sure they're not happy about it at all but uh, yeah a lot of people have had a hard time playing that game um, but there's a lot of other stuff that's out right now too that does not require an online connection uh, you've got uh, Near Automata that port I believe is out now um, heard really good things about it. Apparently it runs extremely well on the Switch, which I was a little yeah. nervous about. Yeah, I mean, it, it's that, that was bizarre seeing people be, say like, oh, this is a, you know, a miracle port. It runs crazy well. It's like, oh, wow, that's from Square Enix too. Like, yeah. <laughs> the, the Cloud Kingdom Hearts guys. <laughs> huh. no, I mean, probably more so on the part of Platinum Games, right? Because they're pretty comfortable yeah, with no, yeah. at this point. Although I don't know if they had yeah. a direct role we'd in have, the Yeah, we'd now. have to see who did the porting job. Yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if it but was... They probably games. announced that, but... Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's out now. Um, if you haven't played it already, um, I've heard nothing but wonderful things about it. Uh no Man's Sky is also on the Switch now. Another big, supposedly miracle port that I've also heard a lot of good things about in terms of performance. Um, I'm um, I'm I'm playing through that game like as like a I kind of like pick up and play it on my Steam Deck from time to time. So I don't really have a lot of interest in the Switch port specifically, but um, and it is missing some functionality from the main game. So there's no multiplayer in the Switch port of No Man's Sky at the moment. Although, I think there have been some illusions that it might be possible in the future. Um, but otherwise, it's it's the full game. Um, and on top of that, there's a, a big update that came out um, day and day with the release date that kind of streamlines a lot of the progression. So now, like, 
if you, like me, do not like crafting things all the time for not very compelling reasons, there's now a new uh, relaxed mode that kind of streamlines that and makes it so that you can focus more on exploring. Like, you're still progressing through the story, but you don't have to craft as much stuff, which I'm like, <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I like that a lot. Because that's always been the most appealing part of No Man's Sky to me is the exploration. Right. Because every time I play No Man's Sky, I'll be honest with you guys, I dude, I put on mods galore. And a lot of those <laughs> mods are basically instant crafting and stuff like that, right? Because, I, dude, I just want to explore. You know what I mean? I'm not here for any sort of, uh, you know, pirate you know pirate fighting or anything like that i i, I don't care i you know i love sci-fi well, i love space pretty good. i just oh well, i mean i'm sure i'm sure it is but it, it's just not it's not for me okay. you know it, it's not for me you know it's it's you know games like elite dangerous and you know rogue squadron and stuff like that it's just a rogue galaxy sorry or just you know they're, they're not they're not for me but um but those ones in particular um you know like st stuff like no man's sky where i can just explore um, is one of the most cathartic experiences I've I've had, I think ever, honestly. And you know, a, a lot of my you know hundreds of hours that I've put you know uh, on PC, anyways, um, I, I've put a bunch in you know PS4 and, and Xbox as well. But um, a lot of that is basically just exploring, man. It's like my, it's like the ultimate sense of escapism of just like, dude, mm -hmm. let's just go out there. Let's go to this world you've never been to, and. Arguably, no one else has been to because there's 18 quintillion planets, <laughs> you know, in No Man's yeah. Sky. So, um, and just, you know, it, you always, that wonderment of exploration and always finding something new in every corner is one of the most breathtaking things to me about No Man's Sky that very few games, and I mean very few, have been able to replicate. And it's honestly like the sci fi. It's always been, when that game came out, it was and still is the sci fi game of my dreams, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. Um, hopefully, if you do play the Switch port, let, let us know, because I'm, I'm curious to hear from someone who's played it firsthand, um, if you enjoyed yeah. it or not. And then I, one other game I just want to qu quickly shout out here is um, Trails from Zero, which is uh, a port of an uh, older game of the same name in the, uh, the Legend of Heroes uh, Trails series. Um, I'm not super familiar with the series, to be completely honest with y'all. I know it is a very long-running RPG series, and my understanding is that this is like not this particular release is not a great entry point if you're a newcomer because there's one thing I know about this game franchise is that it's a very sprawling story and all the games are connected and you really don't want to start halfway through. <laughs> Am I right on that, Nicholas? Have you? Have you I feel like you might have some experience. Oh, with I have no. I, you, I'm not the person to ask. I have no experience with these games. Really? So eluded. No, I, I have. I know very little about them. I know that's a long like run franchise. That, like a, <laughs> I mean, I'm a, to an extent okay. <laughs> okay, right. I don't know how many of these have been on Nintendo consoles. To be fair, that's usually where I spend most of my time. Yeah, not many. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I've heard pretty much only good things about the Trail series. So, hooray for this. Uh, I know <laughs> that there was some kind of controversy that popped up in regards to nis america shutting down like fan translations and whatnot i'm not entirely sure what all the details on that are but i think it might have been related oh. to this game's release well okay the, the long and short of that my understanding is that uh basically these games from the legend of heroes uh the trails series um they historically have always taken a very long time to come over to the west if they came over at all i mean like to be clear, like, Trails from Zero was a, a 2010 
uh, role-playing game, and um, I don't think it ever actually had a release here before. So fans, you know, did their fan translation, and um, yeah, I do remember there being some controversy around that, but um, I think that's just kind of the nature of, you know, what happens when these companies take so long to bring these great games over. Um, but the Trail series was like almost an annual franchise in Japan for a long time, so I think it was that's crazy at the time, yeah. Um, Jeez. But yeah, this is a franchise I'm hoping to get into, quote, someday, so you can quote me on that. <laughs> Um, and get in line <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah once i once i get through yeah, Xenoblade, you would like, like to it, work through first i know i have yeah. to like create my tier list basically of rpg franchises to get through <laughs> yeah. um all right so that that's basically our show for the week thank you everyone who has gotten uh to this point in the episode but before we go we're gonna wrap up with our go-to closing segment what have we all been playing uh let's start with you nicholas what have you been playing this past week um, so I've mostly been spending my time with Splatoon, just, you know, casually going in, doing some daily, just some daily matches, uh, playing with friends, stuff like that, but I did finish up playing Tunic earlier this week, uh, and a review for that should be out relatively soon. The Switch version. Uh, if not already been out. Yeah, the Switch version. So, that was pretty fun. Um, it's an interesting game. I... <laughs> I know it got a whole ton of praise when it released, and I think Dennis also really, really likes it. Uh, it didn't yeah. quite get grab me. <laughs> I, I don't think it quite grabbed me in the way that it grabbed most people. Um, I do think it's, it is a really good game. Uh, I like the... It has a really neat mechanic where you collect pages of an instruction manual in just, you know, in the game world, and that gives... It creates an actual instruction manual from the uh, for the game that you consult in game to try and solve puzzles and find your way through maps and stuff which is super cool i don't know that i've seen any other game have a mechanic like that and it's just really really awesome um other than that it just felt kind of i guess standard to me the exploration is good and and kind of zelda like but it didn't feel super outstanding and the combat felt very Dark Souls-esque, but without really adding much of a twist, if that makes sense. Um, so it ended up kind of being like, hey, it has this one really neat highlight, and then the rest of it is just a really solid, if kind of standard, adventure for me. So overall, you know, good game, just not something... Um, I, and I, I wrote in the review, it's something that I don't feel necessarily breaks the mold in the way that some of the other really big indie titles like Undertale, Shovel Knight, Celeste, or Hades did. Still a really good title, though. So, so kind of what I'm picking up here is you're saying, like, it's a good game, but just, like, pretty... not doing anything groundbreaking for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. other than the instruction manual bit, which I genuinely think is really cool and novel, it kind of just feels like a standard, well-made uh, 2D adventure game, essentially. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I've heard a pretty broad uh, although, spectrum with this game. I've heard some people saying yeah. that, like, it really just rocked their world, and I've heard other people saying, that, like, yeah, you know, if you like this type of game, it's an interesting take on it, but nothing that's gonna knock your socks off, so. Yeah. How's the Switch port holding up for you, for the most part? Um, it was fine, honestly. I mean, you know, 
it's a Switch port. The game was originally made, was originally made for Xbox, so <laughs> you're gonna have to make some sacrifices, but it's generally pretty good. It holds a relatively stable 30, um, 30 frames per second. There's a few drops and hitches now and then if there's just a lot of things happening or a lot of things loading in, but it's generally pretty fine. Uh, visually, it's, it's good. It ends up being a little bit fuzzier than I think was probably intended, because the game does generally have a pretty sharp art style, and that's, it just looks a little bit fuzzier because of lower resolution and less visual effects. Sure. But the game is still, it's perfectly fine. It holds up perfectly well. It's a good version to play if you want to play it on Switch. Good to hear. Yeah, it feels like a game that would be a great fit for a handheld, so, um... And also might be the yeah. kind of game that you want to occasionally play on the TV, so it seems like a great fit for the Switch. Yeah, um, it, it does handle well. It does handle a bit better in a handheld, arguably, just because the like the drop in resolution isn't as um, it's more expected, I guess, because of the smaller screen, so it doesn't come off as being as harsh compared to docked. But yeah, right, right. Um, okay, no, glad to hear it. Um, Dennis, what about you? What have you been diving into this past week? Um, so I've been feeling really nostalgic over the course of the last couple of weeks. So I've been playing a lot of older games, but the the main game that I've been playing um, has been uh, Final Fantasy IX. Um, I've been playing the, uh, uh, the the remaster that Square Enix ported over like forever ago. I'm not playing like the original original, you know, PS One or anything. Um, but uh, but yeah, I've been having just such a such a great time with that that game. Let me. Let me tell you guys something about that game. I, I, I think, so Final Fantasy X, I don't know, everybody has their own favorite Final Fantasy, right? Final Fantasy X to me is my personal favorite. I love Final Fantasy X. Um, but Final Fantasy IX, you know, as I've been playing through this, it really was ahead of its time, I think. You know, and as I'm playing this, I'm like, man, this is crazy that they got this sort of production value done on the PlayStation 1. And I, I think that that's sort of a testament to Final Fantasy in general. Because Final Fantasy, I think, has always had these sorts of grand stage settings um, that are just so unlike a lot of other um, fantasy genre or RPG genre um, games, right? Because a, a lot of RPGs have a very... They tend to struggle with being a little too linear. Um, but Final Fantasy nine um in particular i mean the world building is fantastic um the character development is great and the cutscenes are just so just really well done and it's just crazy to think that you know this was done on playstation one hardware back in the day i mean i guess it makes sense given you know i mean the game came with like three or four discs <laughs> you oh, know wow. it was one of those types yeah. of games <laughs> yeah um but uh but man yeah i've been playing it on um on xbox and uh it's been it's been great it's been great um and after i'm done with final fantasy 9 i'll probably revisit the original final fantasy 7 um you know before i jump into you know retro what's it called retrograde what, what was what was what was like the the sort of definitive version of the remake that they did oh integrate retro yeah. Integrate, thank you. Yeah, um, you know, and then so I'll play the original first, and then I'll I'll, j I'll jump into that at some point in the future, um, probably on PC. But um, but yeah, I've been just been having such a great time with it, and it's really been scratching that itch of, you know, just proper, you know, traditional JRPG goodness, man. You know, that we a couple episodes ago we talked about, you know, the you know, it's 
everyone has a sort of comfort food, right? And, you know, traditional JRPGs are my, my, my comfort <laughs> food. So, um, especially, you know, on the more retro side of things. So, yeah, it's been scratching that itch. It's it's a great story, great cast of characters, great world. And I'm just constantly just blown away by it just because, um, you know, even though a lot of people will argue, and, and, and to be fair, it's a fair argument that, you know, that it is dated. Um, I, I still think it holds up very well. And, you know, when you constantly think about when this game came out and the hardware that it was on and what it did for its time, the game was honestly revolutionary. Honestly, I, I genuinely believe that. Um, yeah, I mean, you kind of have to but, look uh, at, I mean, it's, some people have an easier time with this than others, but, you know, when you look at the game in the context of when it came out, that can really add a lot to the experience of playing it in the modern day. You know, you can kind of give yeah. you a great, greater appreciation yeah. of what it accomplished. <laughs> But like that being said, Absolutely. it is hard for me to go back to some of these RPGs, like where they're just like throwing these three D character models over the two D backgrounds, because there's always that piece in the back of my back of my mind where I'm like, yeah, this is like, you know, there might be something cool about this, but. I could go be playing Tales of Arise right now or something, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah absolutely. So it's, I think yeah. that's a that's but a big I, struggle for a lot of people, but um, yeah. But I, I think in a weird way, to me anyways, I feel like they complement each other, you know, because, you know, when, when you do play something like Final, Final Fantasy IX and using Tales of Horizon as an example, you go to something like Tales of Horizon, you're just like, wow, man, we've right. come a long way. You right. know, this is fantastic. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so, yeah, that sense of appreciation is, is, is definitely there. Um, but, yeah, just, you know, that trip down memory lane is always nice to have. And Final Fantasy IX has really been um, scratching that, that itch for like yeah. um, and have you been playing on switch and yeah no 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 i've been playing on xbox oh um, gotcha gotcha yeah on xbox yeah it looks it looks really crisp on the on the on the tv um but i've been playing a little bit over the uh over the cloud as well um because i have uh, i have a razor kishi for my phone so you know whenever i am feeling playing in a handheld mode um yeah i just i pop in the you know the controllers on my phone and i just start you know i remote play through the xbox that way Got um it. And, uh, and yeah, but I, I'll tell you what, though, the, the reason why I think I've put like 25 hours now into Final Fantasy IX is because, um, you know, I, I really appreciate the updated features that they that they put in here that you would typically see in an emulator, right? Which is stuff like, you know, fast forward, you know, like basically time is sped up by three. Um, if you want to do 9999, actually, attack, um uh, you can do that, you know, if you oh, want okay. no enemies in the overworld, you know, as you're going from, you know, city to city out in the wilderness or whatever, um, you know, you can you can do that. So they have a couple of options to make it much more accessible and much more palatable to, um, to you know, the generation today. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, I mean, with, with people, you know, myself included, having so many, you know, time constraints and stuff like that, it's nice to have those options because you know I, I i'm sorry i don't want to sit here 45 minutes through this boss fight i'm going to one shot you i'm going to go ahead and one shot you <laughs> you know what i mean like just keep keep this moving along you know yes it's rewarding but at the same time it's like dude like you know I, i'm it's I'm nice all to about have the, the options pacing. yeah it's nice to have the options exactly and it's nice to basically have game developers acknowledge that hey not everyone's playing this because they want to grind through hundreds of battles some people are playing this because they right. want to enjoy exactly. the music or they want to enjoy the world or yeah. the story or etc yeah so yeah, that's why Final Fantasy fourteen exists. You go do that there. <laughs> you know, otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, just let me breeze on by and enjoy this beautiful world. You know, and let me let me just go. experience the art that you created without all these obstacles. You know what I mean? Just let me just let me enjoy. You there know, and have go. a have a wonderful time. Yeah, very good. Um, yeah, as far as myself, um, I've been playing quite a few games lately. Um, one of them being Splatoon two. I've 
I mentioned earlier in the episode, I wanted to work through the single player campaign because I've just heard great things about it. Um, but I'm going to withhold my thoughts on that until I've actually finished it. Um, one of the other games I decided to pick up and play a little bit of this week that's been on my radar for a while is Sable, um, which Dennis, I believe you played, um, earlier this year, I want to say. Um, yes. Yeah. 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 It was on Xbox game pass. It might still yeah. be on Xbox game pass actually. It, so. it is for like, a, like another week. And that was kind of why I wanted to play it. I was like, Oh, oh that, okay. Now's my gotcha. chance to, to give it a shot. Um, I don't think this one is on switch i'd be surprised if it was it's a pretty um it's a pretty like i don't want to say it's like a technical powerhouse but like visually it's just a very striking game and um so oh, for, much. for those who aren't familiar with um sable it's i probably best describe it as it's like an open world um adventure game um it's got a lot of similarities to like breath of the wild and you're just kind of plopped into this open world not given a ton of direction but just kind of generally left to explore and, um, you know, left to your own devices. Uh, there's no combat in this game. It's all about exploring. And basically the premise is you are uh, this teenage girl who is going on uh, this, like, maiden... You know, she's finally reached adulthood, and so she has to go on this ceremony called the gliding to kind of figure out what role she wants to have in life. And so the whole game is just you're exploring this world... You're interacting with NPCs, and you are doing like you know tasks for them to um, earn badges. And once you earn enough of those badges, you can decide, okay, I want to commit to this role in life for my character, and that ends the game. Um, that was like the really interesting thing to me for this game. I, I haven't finished it yet, and I'm not quite sure if I will. But um, but the fact that you can just kind of end the game whenever you want <laughs> you're like you, you can either like you know figure out pretty quickly like okay i really like doing these uh, machinist quests and collecting scrap metal and selling them to this vendor so i'm gonna focus on that you can do like pretty much just that and then decide okay this is my character's role and then end the game or if you want you can like go and explore all of your options before you make a decision i think that's a super cool mechanic and it's like it's not really something you see super often um yeah that sounds like a super interesting concept i also really like the idea of there being no combat and it's just being focused on side questing exploration it's really neat to hear of games that like they know what their strengths are and they don't try to unnecessarily extend past that you know yeah yeah um yeah and the other big thing with sable is uh you have a, a hover bike your hover bike is kind of how you traverse the world um <laughs> some people can like people compared it the, the the if you had to like combine things you know people always like to combine things when they're describing something they say oh it's breath of the wild meets that pod racer scene from star wars <laughs> like that's a, that's the back of the box pitch but um but yeah there's a lot more to it than that and um i'm really glad i checked it out the thing i the reason why i don't know why i'm gonna finish it is just because it feels like there's just like, as much as I love exploring, the exploration in this game, I don't want to say, is, like, super compelling to me. And maybe it's just because of the desert setting. I, I live in the desert, so I, I don't really enjoy <laughs> deserts in video games because I, I just feel like I'm going outside. Um, it's home a little too hard. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Um, and, you know, not having combat in the game is not necessarily a problem for me, I think games don't necessarily need combat mechanics to be good 
but it feels like the the quests that you're doing in place of the combat are not necessarily necessarily compelling enough for me. They ultimately boil down to go here, collect this thing, bring it to me a lot of the time. You know, sometimes there's like light environmental uh. puzzles, but or or you have to like climb up to the top of a tower or something and hit a switch, but there's nothing nothing that really like hooked me super deep. Um and so I'm not really sure if I want to do another 10, 15 hours of it, you know. How did you feel, Dennis, yeah. when when you played this game? Jog my memory a little bit. Honestly, like when when you were explaining the sort of overworld, I felt the same way because I, we, we talked a little bit about it before we started recording. Before we started recording, which was basically, um, you know, I I had said that you know I didn't put as much time into it as I would have enjoyed, but I did put in a couple of hours. Um, but I feel exactly the same way in terms of the exploration aspect of it because I feel like the world, just like you said, could have been a little more compelling. Um, I, I love the idea behind it. I love the characterization. I love um, the sort of foundation that they've laid out for the lore and the potential lore that you uncover as you play through the game. Um, and uh, I just, again, just like you were saying, the art style is is visually striking. It's it's a wonderful game to look at. But yeah, I I, I think because of the sort of desert um, uh, setting, it wasn't anywhere near as um, uh, attractive as I think as I think it could have been. And it's not like you can't make deserts attractive because when I think uh, one of my favorite games of all time is a game that I know most people are, if not everyone's familiar with by the, this point, which is Journey. Journey takes place pretty much throughout and the entirety through it through a desert. And man, yes. do they do such a beautiful job in conveying um, you know that story through the desert that you walk through in Journey. Um, and so you know, again, you can make a desert look fantastic. Um, and uh, games like Record did this great as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Where you, but, where you have uh, a lot of things to to do still, you know. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, in the case of Sable, it just um, it didn't. That world didn't draw me. I think. It, but I wonder if sometimes I wonder if it felt flat because of the art direction, you know. So it was one of those things where maybe the art direction, despite it being striking, would have benefited more in a different environment, you know. Um, yeah, it's but, possible. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think, you know, the thing that stuck out to me was, like, there's a lot of open space, and I'm sure they did that on purpose because you're traversing with the hover bike for most of it, right? So they want to give you enough space to, like, make things feel far enough away but still kind of fun to get to. But the hover bike was never really, like, fun for for me to drive. It always felt a little too slow. It always feels like you never really have, like, full control over it. It kind of, like, ragdoll, like, bounces off of things. Like, if you hit something, it's not, (laughs) you know, like, not, like, to a, like crazy degree but enough that like it feels kind of at odds with what they're going with you know what they're trying to build with like the art style and the music and everything you know everything's very like like moody and you know serene and and then your hover bike just like bounces off a rock and you know it's just <laughs> yeah. cars. It's like you hit it yeah it's like you were jumping a on a trampoline or something <laughs> yeah but I mean, I gotta give them credit for doing something ambitious. I think it was like like a two or three person development team. So, I mean, props to them for building something so unique. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, hey, that about wraps up our show for the week. Um, thank you so much for everyone tuning in to this episode twenty-seven of Nintendo Everything Refresh. We really appreciate all of y'all who have been listening to our show these many weeks and hopefully many more to come. 
Um, if you like the show, please spread the word. We are on every, well, maybe not every, I'm sure there's some obscure one, but we're on like 10 different platforms. Like we're on YouTube and Audible and Spotify and Google Podcasts and all those great places and more. So uh, if you like us on YouTube, go check out our audio version or tell a friend. And we'll be back at you next week with everything new and exciting in the world of Nintendo. See you guys later.